It's time to find out the stories behind the stories. Welcome to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Get ready for some amazing guests, along with Nick's own expertise and insight behind some of today's top news in sports. The where, why, and how. Now, here's your host, Nick Ferguson. That's right, it is Thursday, the 29th of May, and Mario, before we get into it, I must say this, uh, I don't know if you were well, well aware of this, but we lost a great one in our society, we lost Maya Angelou, the poet, uh, civil rights activist, Maya Angelou, this week, she will be sorely missed, and we, we need more people like this, we need more phenomenal women as she would always talk about. I know last week, and I always get on you, Mario, and that's, uh, you can find him at Mile High Mario, and I know I always get on you when you talk, start to talk about your girlfriend, but I know she's a phenomenal woman, just like my wife is. Of course. And, and we need more, we need more phenomenal women. But you know what? Here's, here's what I want to get into really quickly. I don't know if you had a chance to watch the Indiana Pacers and the Miami Heat last night. When you talk about a team and that being the Indiana Pacers that had their backs against the wall. It was a must-win game for them at home against the two-time defending champs. That's right, the Miami Heat. They were able to pull it off. And in the fourth quarter, Paul George was insane from downtown. It didn't, matter, it didn't oh, make was, a difference. Yeah, he played out of his mind. Yeah, it didn't make a difference who was guarding him. LeBron James was on him a couple of times. Then D. Wade ended up on him on the switch. It didn't make a difference. Where it was on the court, it was, he just had the rhythm, and, and he just felt it that night, and you have to wonder, can he duplicate that same performance Friday in Miami, which is, not, once again, a do-or-die game for them. And, I, and I'll add this real quick. When, when Paul George was interviewed after the game and asked, okay, well, you know, there were some question marks in the locker room. It's always <clears> back and forth. You know, what was his mind state? What was the team mind state? And he said, listen, basically, simply, our backs were against the wall, and we came out and we played well. And I, I, I tip my hat off to them; uh, they played well. Yeah, they, they did play well. And here's the thing with the Pacers that we've seen all throughout the playoffs, Nick: when their backs are against the wall, when they're thrust into that underdog spot, which, mind you, is very difficult to do as the number one overall seed in the East. Right. That is when they have played their best. When their backs were against the wall against Atlanta. When their backs were against the wall against Washington. It's like they somehow assume this underdog role, even though they are the number one seed. Now, finally, in this series, they've been underdogs the whole time, but they've somehow switched everybody's opinion to the point where they're almost rooting against the Pacers now because of this, this nonsense with Lane Stevenson. And he, he was a big man. He came out and said, you know, talking about LeBron James like that, turned out it was a bad idea. And then what happened, Nick? As soon as you take the fuel off of that fire – LeBron James goes two for ten, seven points. And the biggest problem with last night, the big reason the Heat didn't win, not because uh, Paul George necessarily went off, it's because Chris Bosh was the best player on that team last night. 
And that can't be. He is a third, maybe fourth best player on that team as it is. He cannot be your leading scorer and leading rebounder, okay? D-Wade has got to step up. Rashard Lewis finally started hitting some shots, and that's kind of what kept them in it. But you, LeBron James cannot score seven points. And I understand, you know, Indiana had everything to gain and nothing to lose at that point, and the Heat are like, oh, it's okay. We still got a few games left, but... Yeah, they, they seem to lack that killer instinct. Like, if it's the Spurs, I'm feeling like the Spurs are putting them away. None of their quote-unquote big three are laying an egg the way that LeBron did. So that's, that's the big thing with me. And you know, LeBron, this isn't going to happen again, Nick. And as much as I will say that I am sort of a LeBron hater, I'm also an intelligent sports analyst. And I understand he's the best player in basketball. He is not going to register in the single digits again for the rest of these playoffs. I guarantee it. If you want to get in the conversation, hit us up at 888-346-9144. I think when you look at the game, uh, yeah, you look at the fact that LeBron only scored seven points. He went two for 10 and 23 minutes. It was that early foul trouble. And, and usually we don't see anything happen like this in the NBA because usually you have your marquee players. And when you have marquee players, when you're talking about money for advertising, you're talking about big bucks for the NBA. And typically we don't see guys foul out. How often have you seen Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird? I mean, even Kobe Bryant, you've never really seen these guys foul out of big games. If you go back, I believe, I think it might have been a series against the Pacers last year when uh, Joey Crawford actually called some fouls on LeBron early and even late, and he was in, in foul trouble like he was last night. And I Wait, are you, ended up LeBron, out are you saying LeBron can, in fact, commit a foul, Nick? No, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, listen to what I'm saying. That's I'm saying, right, because he can't. <laughs> usually what happens is, and we know when we go back and look at we look at the Jordan rules, we look at all of that stuff. There were some ticky-tacky fouls even with Michael Jordan. And if you touch Michael, you brushed against him. If you, if, like we saw last night, Lance Stevenson was blowing air in LeBron James' ear like it was a mating call. If you did that to Michael That's Jordan, that, that was a foul. So well, all I'm saying, I'm not saying that LeBron James can't commit fouls, but I'm saying typically we don't see marquee players in big games foul out. Now, now could, could that have been a little bit of home cooking for the Pacers, I don't know. So that was that means. Well, to then me, they had to even the home cooking, right? The Heat, the Heat got home cooking, right, Nick? As exactly. uh, as Paul George said. So they, and you know, and here's the thing, and we talked about it last week. You don't, and this was with, I guess it was a couple weeks ago when Doc Rivers got fined so much money. Here's the thing: if it's off base and they're not really worried about it, they're like, you know what, the officiating was fine. Uh, just just let these comments skate. I feel like if there's substance to these comments, they find it because they're like, whoa, he's hitting a little too close to home. We need to put him in his place before he exposes us. That's the way I see it because I'm, I'm all about conspiracy theories, Nick. So when Paul, although Paul George got fined, that was them saying, okay, we need to set an example because he's right. Let's go look at the tape. You can look at the tape, Nick. It's not a surprise. Like it's not. It's not like, oh my gosh, are you saying the refs blew some calls? Yeah, man, they did. It was a little bit of home cooking, but that's human nature. When you're in Miami, you're in Indiana, you're at the home, you're on the home court of that particular team. Because of that crowd, like the emotion that you get into it, nobody likes to be booed, Nick. People don't go out. I mean, maybe Tony Romo does because that's like second nature to him. You know, people got people got that music like soothing sounds of the rainforest. Tony Romo needs booze because he's just so used to it. That's the only way he can fall asleep. But I digress. 
Nobody else likes getting booed. So these officials, I mean, are they going to sway to the home team? Absolutely. It's human nature because nobody likes getting booed. And even if you make the right, correct call, they're still going to boo you. They're fans. They don't know any different. A little bit of home cooking. But, but wait a minute. See, to me, that's why I say it has to be balanced. And we've seen several games in uh, the playoffs, especially last year, that didn't seem balanced. Even this year where we looked at certain calls by officials and said, well, was that a, was that a foul or not? And I think what happens, you, you do take into account the caliber of team that, that you are officiating, the, whether it's at the hometown where, where there are guys that MB, uh, NBA MVP or he is a scoring champion, whatever it is. You know, sometimes you cater to that guy. We see the same thing that happens in the NFL, and we talked about it on the show. When you look at Tom Brady, the ability to go and talk to a ref and even yell at a ref to get him to possibly change his call, or maybe on the next series, maybe that ref is now, he has Tom Brady in the back of his mind. He's thinking, okay, well, if it's a, if it's a, a touchy, you know, foul or a penalty, and it's iffy as far as pass interference, most likely, Tom Brady gets that call. The same thing for Peyton Manning, but I think that comes along with the territory, comes along with the accolades that you have achieved as a player. So I don't see game, you know, uh, the next game in Miami, I will say it would be a little bit of home cooking because Adam Silver, the new NBA commissioner, there's no way LeBron James is going to have five fouls. So get your mind ready for it, whether you are a Heat fan or you are a Heat hater, a LeBron hater like my co-host, you know, Mario Batanzi, put that on a mini list of individuals <laughs> that he is hating against, drinking a whole bunch of haterade. So I don't know. Uh, now, let's talk about that, that Spurs series. I thought that series was pretty much over. I mean, no Serge Ibaka, n- none of the other supporting cast on OKC was actually helping Kevin Durant. He was struggling. And I don't know about you, but Michael Westbrook reminded me of Russell. Steve- no, I mean, excuse me. Not, thank you. Russell yeah. Westbrook reminded me of Lance Stevenson, who plays for the Indiana Pacers, because he was so sporadic. I mean, he gets out on a fast break, and sometimes it was like he had a four-on-one, you know, four spurs to him, but he's still taking it to the hole. I'm like, kick it out. Set up the offense, but this pass game, and he goes for 40 points. I mean, yeah. he goes for 40 points, and both he, the fact that he went for 40 and, of course, with Serge Ibaka being inserted back in the lineup, that just changed the whole dynamic. And I'm interested in see how this next game is going to unfold, what Popovich is going to do as far as getting those matchups and cross matchups to maybe get maybe Tiago Splitter involved and get Tim Duncan some of those open shots. Because, I mean, Serge Ibaka, when he's down on the block, he's swatting everything like Matombo. No, no, no. No, no, no. Not in in my my house. house. (laughs) <laughs> so I, I don't know what you what do you think about that the, the fact of who can who can win this you know this the next game for the Spurs and OKC I mean obviously Serge Ibaka was a huge boost to them especially early on and uh, the pay, or the uh, Thunder took a little page out of the NFL playbook Nick oh uh, looks like he's gonna be down and out you know what let's just uh, let's try these shots let's try these injections oh what do you know Serge oh. Ibaka is good to go <laughs> Um, but yeah, the thing with Russell Westbrook, he has the potential. I mean, in my opinion, Nick, by far the most athletic point guard in the NBA. But the only problem is he's not a point guard per se. 
he is a shooting guard that is thrust in the point guard position. That's why I said from the very beginning of this Harden situation that they should have traded Westbrook and kept James Harden. James Harden is a scorer, but he's a more consistent scorer, and he's a passer. He's not afraid to share a little bit of the limelight. And the thing with Westbrook, like you're saying, four-on-one don't matter because Russell Westbrook has it in his head because of his freaky athleticism that he can beat it. And on those nights that he's hot, he stays hot, and he can go for 40. But on any other night, he could just as easily go for 12 because he's not fine in the rim. But that isn't going to keep him from shooting. And if it's been said once, it's been said a hundred times. Russell Westbrook should never, ever shoot the ball more than Kevin Durant. And on those rare occasions where it actually works out like it did a couple nights ago, where he <laughs> took two more shots than Durant, it, it, it worked out just fine. Well, you know what but, I mean? But again, what? Nick, real quick, like, yeah. what have we said on the show from the beginning? It's, in my opinion, it's predetermined. It's heat, spurs. These, I mean, the Pacers, the Thunder, they're really just minor roadblocks. Serge Ibaka coming back was just delaying the inevitable, in my opinion. That kept the Thunder from getting swept. So wait a minute. So, so are you saying even with Serge Ibaka being inserted back into the lineup, being an intimidating force, blocking shots, altering shots, getting OKC out in transition, that still would not be enough to sway you, to give you an inkling that OKC could win this series and it's probably... OKC in the heat in a repeat instead of the Spurs in the heat. I I think now Serge Ibaka just changes everything. Even though he is not as healthy, he's not 100%. Just having him in the game, you can tell in the past two games that it just changed the complexity of, you know, Scott Brooks' offense. There's a certain level of confidence. Kevin Durant can shoot the ball knowing as though he has Serge Ibaka in there that can pull down a rebound and kick it back out to him. And you talk about Michael, I mean, uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, the the fact is that he cannot be consistent. And that's the biggest thing. We can't get a 40-point game from him every game. It's kind of like, okay, well, he'll give you a 20-point, 18-point. He'll have about six turnovers, and that'll lead to maybe uh, six fast breaks for the Spurs. If he settles down and plays the game that he played the other night, you know, I say that the uh, OKC has just as good a chance as the Spurs to play against Miami Heat and and NBA Finals. Why not? Could be. Well, I mean, and the biggest thing here, Nick, it's pretty obvious. You know what you're going to get from Durant. You, for the most part, know what you're going to get from Westbrook. But... Having Serge Ibaka in there, and he's such a better defender, and not necessarily a, a knock on Nick Collison or Kendrick Perkins, right. but at the same time, it is. You are never, and it's you know not as much an indictment on them. Ibaka is one of the best defensive players in the NBA. Collison and Perkins, and even throwing a Thabo Savalosha if he plays, <laughs> they can't hold a candle to Serge Ibaka defensively. No, no, actually not. And I know we have a caller holding on. Uh, I want to get to that caller, but we probably have to get to that caller on the other side of this break. Uh, uh, let me toss this out before we go to break, because I want the listeners to think about this. I, I sent over, there's a list of, of NBA players that you can put a list together. And basically it says that you have $15 to buy, you know, NBA players. And there's some marquee players that are worth $5, $3, whatever, depending on the tier or the level of uh, ability, I'll call it that. So I said, well, give me, Marion, you think about this one before we come out the break. 
think about that list. Think about your players. And think about who, you're, who would be in your starting five and why. Uh, well, because, real quick, right yes. before we go to break, let me ask you this. Now, it has every position. Now, it only says you have $15 to make an all-time starting lineup. Does that mean that you have to pick one position or one player from each position? Or can you get maybe two from a position? Nah, I can't do that. But we're going gonna, we gonna, we gonna to watch. Oh, that's me thinking outside the box, Nick. Crushing my creativity. I got to make a new list now. Well, well, go ahead and make a new list, and then we'll talk about it on the opposite side of the break. But take the $15 out of the equation. Just look at the list at, as a whole and say, well, who would be in your starting five and why? You're listening to Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective. You don't want to miss that list, so stick around. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America Sports Channel. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickferkshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. All right, before we went to break, we were talking about this list. And as always, one of my three amigos, uh, Jeff, he always finds a way to ingrain himself into the show. And before we get to your list and we get to the caller, I'm going to give you Jeff's list. Okay, well, here, here's this list. By position, point guard, Magic Johnson, small guard, Michael Jordan. Small yeah. guard? Yeah, well, yeah. Shooting I'm, guard. I'm, I'm just telling you, what's on, I'm reading what's on the paper. I'm saying yes. shooting guard, yeah. Yeah. He said small guard. Okay. Okay. Small, <laughs> small forward. Now, it's LeBron James 
or Larry Bird. And he told me, well, it all depends if LeBron James wins another championship or not. So I, I don't know where we're going with that. But here who, who he has at power forward, Carl Malone. At center, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So with that being said, we're going to go to the lines and talk to our caller, Darf, and see what he thinks and who's on his list. Darf, talk to us. Darf, you there? Well, Darf, are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can, I, I can hear you now. I got you loud and clear. So tell me, you know, we're going over this list, and uh, who would you have in your starting five? I'm talking about, you know, that, that's a dream team within itself. Give me your starting five. Well, first off, you're making it kind of difficult because you're only giving us $15. Well, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I said, I said, take the fifteen dollars out of the equation and just think of your best starting five. So take. Okay, take now the if we're just going off my best starting five. Of course, give me Magic. Okay. Michael, Michael at the uh, at the two. Yep. LeBron at the three. Mm-hmm. Tim Duncan at the four. Okay. And Kareem at the five. Oh come on, man! Why Kareem? not? Kareem is. Hey, come on, the skyhook. Who can, Man. who can defend the Skyhook? Bill Russell. Mr. Fundamental on the block. Bill, hey, Bill, Bill Russell will just sit on the side counting his rings. That's fine. <laughs> hey, I mean, come on. I mean, I understand the Nyreen and, and the whole thing that come with it. Bill Russell was on the better team. If you give me uh, individually taking the rings away, I think I'll take Kareem because offensively, I think yeah. he's one the most unstoppable centers that we've probably seen. And it's not like he can't hold his own on the defensive end at, what, seven one seven two. So wait a minute, wait a minute, Dav. Are you saying that uh, Bill Russell, the great 11 rings player slash coach Bill Russell, wouldn't stand a chance against Lou Alcindor? That's what you're I'm saying? Not, I'm not saying that. I'm just looking at just, okay, how tall was Bill Russell? 6'10"? Yeah, six, six, yeah, six, ten, six, eleven. Okay, then you got Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul, Kareem Jabbar. What seven yeah. one seven two? So wait a minute. So, what does that? What does that mean as far as being able to shoot the ball from outside, being able to turn around and and play well and defend inside the you, blocks and alter shots? I believe Bill I, Russell could do that just as have, well as anyone. Well, have you seen anyone stop this guy? Hook? Well, I mean, it's every every player has a pad move. I mean, Jordan had that that little shake, and uh, uh, Akeem Olajuwon had the dream shake too as well. So every player has a pad move they go to that might be unstoppable, but that doesn't necessarily mean that no one else in the NBA can actually, you know, outplay them. Hey, I mean, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's acting skills were unstoppable. Hey, that's one thing he has. Bill Russell doesn't. He was an airplane. Now, in defensive, I'm, I'm not taking any way, anything away from what Bill Russell accomplished. I'm just going off pure what I think would be a better, a better center, a more complete center to me. He can give you offense. He can definitely give you defense. Can Bill Russell give you as much offense as Kareem would have? Well, well Dad, Dad, before we let you get out of here, we were just discussing the, the, the Heat, the Spurs, OKC, and the Pacers. Now, let's look at this, this game this Friday in Miami with the Pacers and the Heat. It's still a must-win game for the Pacers, right? Right. Who, who in, your, in your opinion, do you feel comes out of that game victorious? And who has the most pressure, though? Is it the Pacers or the Heat? 
Well, Miami is going to come out that game with the victory. And the Pacers probably have a little bit more pressure on them. They've never been there before. They never. Well, I'm not saying they've never been there before, but they've never carried the pressure of being the number one seed. Right. And now with all the offensive struggles, I mean, pretty much shut down Paul George. Even if you give Paul George his, shut down the rest of the guys, and that's it. So tell me this. Tell me this. Does, does LeBron James foul out of the next game? Doesn't happen. It no doesn't way. Happen. I, I, he's, he's not going to even be in foul trouble. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> do, do you think that'll be a little bit of home cooking? Is that'll be a little home cooking in Miami? No, I don't even think it has anything to do with the home cooking. You're just not going to keep putting your star, <laughs> the, the NBA superstar, in a situation where he's not going to be able to make some type of contribution to the game. Well, see, there I mean, it is, Mario. The physical. No, oh, he's is, right. I, I, is, I, it I, anyone's, is it anyone's fault right. that he's a physical player? It's okay to be physical with him, but the minute he bumps or he trips up someone, he gets called for a foul. That's in the last game. All right. Tit, we, got, we got about five seconds before I let you go. Real quick. The antics of Lance Stevenson last night on LeBron James. Are you for or are you against that? Is that is that Man, good I'm basketball totally or not? Brewing in someone's <laughs> ear, being that close, that's kind of a little too personal. I think that's something that you want, you know, you'll take from your wife. But, right. I mean, it's one thing to have, you know, sportsmanship, but it's also unwritten rules. And I'm pretty sure things that you don't do. Ask for yourself in football, it's just certain things you don't do in the middle of you playing the game. It's okay to be physical right. and try to get up under someone's skin, but that, I think that's taking it a little too far. Well, Darren, thank you for joining the program, and we hope this Friday that the Heat emerge victorious at home and maybe Lance Stevens not blowing in LeBron James's ear. We have on the line an uh, eight-year NFL vet, played with the Broncos and Arizona Cardinals, uh, Hamza Abdullah. You can, you can look for him uh, on his website, the Abdullah Brothers. Hamza, thank you for joining us. Holmes, are you there? We got do we get we have him on? Hello? Holmes, are you there? I'm there. Nick, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's there. He's okay. Holmes, I got you now. Listen, right now we're talking about NBA playoffs, and right now we have a list of NBA players to choose from. Who would be in your starting five and why? Uh, my starting five, we're going off the, we're talking about the $15 menu, correct? With the $15 menu, but let's exclude the $15. Let's just look at the list as a whole. No, but you have to go, you have no. to, we have to have some parameters. Exactly. Anarchy, Thank you, Hamza. Anarchy, anarchy is going to raise up if we don't have parameters. Oh, anarchy. Okay. Well, put your $15 in there. Go ahead. This uh, starting at point guard, I got to go with the two-time champion Isaiah Thomas. He's a leader of men. He's not going to take nothing from any of those point guards on that list, including the great Magic Johnson, my favorite Laker. Uh, At the two guard is none other than Jelly Bean, Kobe Bean Bryant, uh, (laughs) five-time champion. His resume speaks for itself. Uh, At the three is the great LeBron James. He's just a pup, but he's still two-time champion four-time uh, NBA MVP and probably three-time champion here in the next month. And then at the four, they got the discredited but never going away Kevin Garnett, uh, champion, uh, so many-time all-star. He came out of high school. He, he started the trend. 
that was bucked uh, a few years before that. And then at the center, uh, the great Hakeem Olajuwon, um, and I still have a dollar left. Woo! Talk about budget, 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 budget. Now, you know, for me, put Walt Frazier or Scottie Pippen on your bench. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Hey, Walt Frazier, man, Walt, Walt gonna come in. He gonna be like Vinny the microwave. Uh, Oh, that. See, see, you know, for me, okay, I I saw the fifteen dollars, and I just say, listen, I I don't like to put restraints and parameters on myself. (laughs) So I say, I'm not even gonna use the fifteen dollars. I'm just gonna look at the list and come (laughs) up. You follow the rules, Nick. But 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 Nick, see that's see that's the problem, Nick. You always want to come in and change something up. You the one that come to my house and flip the toilet paper around. I don't want that. <laughs> you have to stay within the rules. Hey, listen, just just call me that. I, I, I like to at another man's house anyway, Nick. You can't do that. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. I, I like to I like to mix things up. Get home. I, I like to forgive me. I like to mix things up. You know. I, I don't think it's chaotic to, to throw something else into uh, the, the soup, the gumbo, as I like to call it. I'll just kind of mix <laughs> things up. So, so, so I'll, I'll give you my list. I'll, I'll give you my list. Okay. Of course, I got uh, Magic Johnson at the point guard. Okay. Uh, shooting guard, I got Michael Jordan. Okay. Uh, small forward, LeBron James. Okay. Power forward, Tim Duncan. Okay. And of course, I have to round out my ensemble with, even though I'm a Heat fan, I got to go to go to Boston. I got to go to Boston, and I got to go with Bill Russell. That's my list. Okay. Uncapped. So you so so uh, you didn't use the EBT, EBT card that we you you use the black card, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I use that other card. If you just join us, we're talking to NFL vet Hamza Abdullah. You can follow him at Hamza Abdullah. 21. Yeah, Humza, I, I used the black card. I mean, I, I didn't stick to the script. But, I got I got off the script. But, Nick, this is what you have to understand. There's no debate. That team will walk onto a court and they'll just run away with everything because there are no parameters. We have to set parameters. That's why that menu is so fun. It's so that's objective right. and subjective at the same time. So you have... So that's your wish list, but can you give us a $15 list? And I just gave you mine, and the reason why, because if you look down that list, you have Isaiah Thomas, uh, and you say, okay, you're going to go with Magic Johnson. Look what Isaiah Thomas did to Magic Johnson in the finals. Uh, And then you go to Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, they're the most similar pair on, on this list. And, you know, there are people who do not like Kobe Bryant, but you can't, debate what he's done and the five-time champion and the warrior that it, that it is. LeBron James, I think, is the consensus All-American here. Everyone is going with him at the three. At four, you have Kevin Garnett at a, you know, he's a, he's a budget guy. He is only costing $1, but, you know, I know you're going with Tim Duncan. Look what Kevin Garnett used to do to Tim Duncan when he was on the Timberwolves. If Kevin Garnett had a little bit more help, Kevin Garnett has a championship. If he didn't have to play those Kobe Lakers, he probably has a championship, another championship before. And then rounding out the center, you going with Bill Russell. Hakeem will give him the absolute blues on both ends. You know what? Now, Hamza, let me ask you this. Now, something <laughs> I want to do, as long, as long as Nick's not following the $15 rule, <laughs> I asked Nick, I said, could I pick, like, uh, a number of players, like two players from one position and mix it up? Because, look, I really could go without any of these power forwards. So what I was going to do is say, give me Michael Jordan, LeBron James, give me Will Chamberlain, 
Hakeem Olajuwon and Walt Frazier. Oof. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and you, you can have the whole court. You can have the whole court because <laughs> that length, that size, those are all, all NBA first teams on offense and defense. Now, well, now what about this? What if you just do Magic, MJ, and LeBron, and then we just get two free players? You know, just throw in two scrubs. Hell, put me at the four. It doesn't matter. You got, you got Magic, <laughs> you Michael, and LeBron. You don't need anybody else. You just need space fillers. Me, you, and Nick can run four or five. It doesn't matter because LeBron can play every position yeah. because Magic can play every position, yeah. and Michael will just score all day. That's right. That's right. And your, your size, I, I, this is all I'm going to do. I'm going to just dump it in. I'm going to stay right at the top of the key and check the ball, and we're yeah. going to win 15-0. So who need? Exactly. And you're following the parameters. There you go. I, I, I got to back up for a second because I look at you know, Hamza's list. And we talk about creating spacing on the floor, inside-outside game. But I'm thinking about one person he mentioned, you know, the Laker, Kobe Bean Bryant. He doesn't pass the ball. So how do you expect to get into a half-court offense with a guy who wants to take all the shots? How does that work? Ooh. Kobe, Kobe Bryant doesn't pass the ball, but he has five championships. He had Derek <laughs> Fisher on one end. He had Robert Ory on another. He had Glenn Rice on another. He had Brian Shaw. We can't. Let's not get into the Twitter debate of Kobe doesn't pass the ball. That man, is he's a playmaker. Would you pass the ball if you had Samaki Walker and Smush Parker? That's, I mean, no. That's what he <laughs> yeah, has to pass the ball. You still got to be a team guy, Hamza. <laughs> Come on, Hamza. He's right. You have to be a team guy. But the guys you named, Fisher, Ori, Rice, all those guys were outside shooters. And Ori, I mean, the most clutch NBA you know, final shooter of all time. So to have the guy like that on your team, all you have to do, penetrate. Oh, he's open. Give it to him. That's a championship. Hey, the Lakers won a championship with Luke Walton on their team. You can't tell me that wasn't a team effort. <laughs> yes. Yes. How do you think Charles Barkley feels about Luke Walton having a ring and he doesn't? He's salty. <laughs> he's a little salty. <laughs> but, but this is the thing, Nick. This is what I have to say about Kobe Bryant passing the ball. Well, he has Isaiah Thomas, so he doesn't have to dominate the ball. Look, Kobe didn't have to. Kobe didn't go and team up with Kevin Garnett. He didn't go team up with Reggie Miller. He didn't go team up with some of these guys, Carmelo Anthony, so that he can get a ring. He had to do it by himself. Yes, he had Shaq, but him and Shaq had to mesh, and they also had to have that third wheel. They had to have that guy and bring him along. But now if Kobe's on a team that's stacked like this. You saw it in the Olympics. Kobe let everybody do what they had to do when they went to the Olympics in 2008. But then when it came crunch time, when the game was on the line, that's when he took over. So he allowed guys to, uh, the first three quarters, yeah, go ahead, do you, do you. But the fourth quarter, when it comes to crunch time, that's when the black mamba comes out to play. Well, tell me this. Uh, of Kobe's championships, how much do, and I don't want to take anything away from Kobe. He, he's a phenomenal player. But how much do you credit that to just him alone and willing and just taking all the shots, just be totally honest, uh, opposed to looking at Shaq, the supporting cast, but more importantly, Phil Jackson and that triangle offense. How much, uh, how much do you give to Kobe and how much do you take away and give to the other individuals that I just named? Well, you have to give a lot of the credit to Kobe because you had two dominant alpha males. There hasn't been a one-two pairing like that in NBA history. Probably not since Magic and Kareem. 
but these were two dominant guys. Kobe, Kobe and Shaq were in their prime at the same time in Los Angeles, in Hollywood. That's a storybook. But they had to mess. Kobe had to take the back seat. This is, this is a, a guard-dominated league. And you could see the frustration when he would throw the ball in the shack when he know he could take this guy one-on-one. I can take Jalen Rose one-on-one on the perimeter, but I have to throw it in the shack because this is the triangle offense. He would let Shaq do his thing. But Kobe had to be mature, and he had to say, this is the way that we're going to win championships. And he did that. He did that. He did that until... You couldn't you couldn't put the you couldn't keep the top on him. You know, the, when the pot was ready to explode, he exploded. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened in two thousand four. They exploded when they got exposed by the Detroit Pistons. Shaq went his way. Kobe stayed in LA. But ask yourself this. Everyone wants to say, Oh, he won the championships with Shaq. How many championships did Shaq win without Kobe? How many did Kobe win without Shaq? Well, yeah, that that's very true. That that's a great uh, they each won one without each other. Yeah, that uh, that's Kobe a great argument. You're right. I, I give you this. One, two, we, have about, one. we have about 30 seconds before we get out of it. I mean, that you make a very valid point. Uh, we had to have you back on so we can go ahead and debate that out. Uh, but before we go, uh, Byron Scott said as though he felt as though he had a leg up on the job as a head coach for the L.A. Lakers. I know you're a Lakers fan. Do you think that would actually work? And would he be the guy for the Lakers moving forward? 30, you, got, you got about 30 seconds. I think it is because in the last two hirings with uh, Mike Brown and D'Antoni, Kobe wasn't, he wasn't a part of it. And you always want to make sure that your star player, especially in basketball, is okay and can mesh with the coach. Kobe messed with Phil, and I think he would mesh well with Byron Scott. There it is. You heard it from Hamza Abdullah. You can follow him on Twitter, Hamza Abdullah 21 Washington Cougars, that is. Hamza Abdullah, Hamza, thanks for joining the program. And hey, I still like to think outside the box, so no one crucified me for that. You're listening to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on Voice America Sports. Come back. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. One hand in the air, if you don't really care. Two hands in the air, if you don't really care. It's like that sometimes, I mean ridiculous. It's like that sometimes, ridiculous. That's right. If you're hearing that, it is Thursday. And of course, this is our favorite part of the show. The part of the show that Mario loves so much because he gets to rant, rant, Ah. and rant. And it is called Real Talk. So, kicking off the Real Talk segment. uh, Yesterday at the Mets game, and I know it's ceremonious for individuals to be asked to throw out the first pitch at a baseball game, right? And 50 Cent, you know, get rich or die trying, that 50 cent vitamin water. Yeah, that guy. So he, he tosses out the pitch, but it, it, I don't know, it just dies, man. It just really didn't make it across. And before we get into that, and I get Mario's real take on that, real talk take on that, I'm going to give you a list of individuals, the top 15 worst first pitches. Dig this, Mario. Number 15, our commander-in-chief, that's right, Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Number 14, someone dressed up as Charlie Brown in one of those big suits. Number 13, Dirt and the Whiskey of the Dallas Mavericks. Tiffany Wong, that's uh, one of those, uh, uh, I think she's Asian ballet dancers or whatever. Uh, Jessica Young at number 11. Doug Glavin, Hero Cat, okay, Hero Cat. cat what is a cat doing throwing out the first pitch anyway? That doesn't make sense. Mariah Carey, Nick Cannon's wife, at number eight. John Wall of the Washington Wizards. Carl Lewis, yeah, that same Carl Lewis, the national anthem. He can't sing, and he's not throwing out good balls. Uh, Jonah Steinbrenner, Mark Malora, and 50 Cent comes in at number three. But the two people that come ahead of him, Carly Ray Jepsen, you know, call me yes. maybe. And Bada Booey, Gary Delabate of... The Howard Stern Show. So, with that being said, <laughs> so with that being said, what do you think about this? Fifty Cent not being able to throw the ball. I was, on, man. Real talk, man. I saw a side by side comparison of Fifty when he was about to release the ball and of Tim Tebow when he was about to release the oh, ball. Come on. It looked exactly the same. 50 Cent, you know what? I'm kind of upset that you brought up Hero Cat because I was about to come out and say, you know what? A freaking cat came out and threw a better (laughs) first pitch than 50 Cent. Here's the problem I have with 50 Cent, man. Like you said, he's doing the vitamin water. He tried to be an actor. He's, you know, made cameos in different movies. He was doing those little energy things. He's doing everything but making records. Why? Because the (laughs) Get Rich or Die Trying was his only good album. Remember all the clout that surrounded 50 Cent? He was the hot rapper, man. He was with Dr. Dre with Eminem. His first album that dropped was absolute fire. After that was straight downhill like a roller coaster, bro. No ups, no upside after that. So 50 is trying to find anything else to distract from the fact that he can't rap anymore. Real talk? <laughs> Get out of here, 50. Go enjoy your money somewhere else. <laughs> 
Oh, as always, it's a pleasure to listen to Mario go in on Real Talk. Here's something else on Real Talk. Now, uh, I'm on Facebook. Just started to get on Facebook. I, I really didn't want to do it, but oh, you know, I, I decided to do it. But I received a lot of happy birthdays over uh, the weekend. But here's the strange thing. It's not my birthday. And I had to go on Facebook and tell so many people, thanks for the well wishes, but it's, it's, it's not my birthday. But here's what it was. It was March, it was, excuse me, not March, but May 25th, 1977. And if you don't know what day that is, let me bring you up to speed. That was the day the first Star Wars, that's right, the first Star Wars came out. So I'm a geek, I'm letting my geekism out, and that's what it was. It wasn't my birthday, but it was the birth of me and being able to think about a galaxy <laughs> far, far away. That's my real talk. <laughs> okay, real talk. Let me just say, what in the world is going on? Look, Nick, you're allowed to be a blurred, a black nerd. That's fine, man. Urkel set the tone for y'all. But when you start tricking people into thinking it's your birthday and you got your co-host over here trying to wish you, and I wasn't going to do it on social media, I don't do that <laughs> for people, okay? If I'm friends with somebody, if I love somebody, I wish them a happy birthday over text, or I call them. And so I sent Nick this nice text. Hey, man, happy birthday. Hope everything's good. Say, oh, happy 30th birthday. Ha, ha, ha. You know what I'm saying? Do that little trick. Then Nick says, oh, yeah, go go look at my Instagram. And it wasn't even his birthday. It was the first time he saw Star Wars when he was born into nerddom. Real talk, get out of here, Mr. Ferguson. Hey, listen, I'm a fan of embracing who you are. So I love Star Wars. I love E.T. I love weird science. You know, I love all those movies. So, hey, 16 Candles. Hey, I'm embracing my murder. You know, hey, hey, I know you laugh at 16 Candles, but hey, that was a great movie. It's a great movie. Don't knock it. Don't knock it until you try. Now, moving on in real talk, three Ravens, that's right, three Baltimore Ravens were kicked out of a nightclub for being drunk. Jacoby Jones, Jimmy Smith, and Bernard Pierce. Every year it seems like guys find themselves in the limelight. They can't stay out of the news. How do you get kicked out of a club knowing you're in Baltimore? They know who you are. Real talk. Real talk, man. Something needs to happen in Baltimore. What is the problem? And they had a rookie running back that got arrested too. Nick, I don't know if you saw that. It was like their fourth round pick. First off, Pierce, Rice, and this kid. All three of their backs got arrested? What is happening? We need like extensive security. We need more personnel over there just to lock the Baltimore Ravens down. And Jimmy Smith, he's a CU grad, man. I can tell you stories about Jimmy Smith for days, but this is a family program. And I can't say some of the crap that he did in college because we might get kicked off of Voice America Sports. Does it surprise me that athletes are going out and having a good time? No. While you're here, while you're in, while you're an elite athlete, go enjoy yourself that's why i got no problem with johnny football going to las vegas god fun man go party while you can until you're old and crippled and could do any of it but if you're going to do that don't be so freaking stupid have a limit say you know mark the drinks on your hand that's what i used to do nick as soon as i crossed the four lines of the fifth I started drinking water. Why? Because I didn't want to hate myself the next day. You can't tell me these players can't do the same thing. Put a limit on it. Put a lid on it. Lock yourselves down. The Ravens are done. They're an 8-8 eight eight football team again this year at the best. Real talk, just shut them up already. Okay, I got to backtrack on real talk for a second. 
You're saying when you're out enjoying yourselves, you actually put marks on your hand. When I, when I was in, Nick, when I was in college <laughs> and we would go, we would go to parties, you know, we go to house parties, you know, if it was prior to being 21 or if it was after being 21, right. I'm not going to get specific. Bottom line is I never wanted to be sloppy. I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want my friends to be responsible for me. So what I did, I would go to a party. And I'll make sure I had a pen or a marker or something and just do a little mark, you know, on my thumb or on the on the back side <laughs> of my hand. So every time I drink, I would see it and I would say, hey, I'm at four drinks. I got one more after this and then I got to start slowing down. And I will tell you this, Nick, when I didn't do that, I regretted it the next day and sometimes the day after that. Hey, here's, here's a problem that I have with that. OK, now I've been about around people who have had their fair share of drinks and maybe consumed too much alcohol. But the one thing they're not paying attention to, marks on their hands. You know, because after a certain amount of drinks... I mean, Everyone has so- their own system, man. Hey, listen, I, I, I wish I was there to figure it out to see, okay, when you made a little toxic turby, you were able to look at your hand and say, oh, that's number four. I can't <laughs> feel my face, man. Nick, how many, times, how many times did you get in trouble for drinking or smoking or partying when you were in the NFL? Never. Zero, exactly. That's proof that it's not that hard to not get in trouble, okay? We're making it seem like the NFL is completely blown partying out of proportion. It's like, oh, let the players enjoy themselves. And I know I just said that, but they take it to an extreme level. There's a reason that NFL athletes get arrested more than anybody else. That's becoming the social norm. Someone has to crack down, and it starts at the top, man. Jim Irsay can't be going out, getting drunk, doing cocaine like we talked about allegedly last week, and then expect everything to be okay. It starts from the ground up. I guarantee Roger Goodell goes out and gets drunk all the time, but you don't read about it because he's smart about it. You can't be in charge of this league and not drink. Yeah, right. This is a stressful job, bro. He's got to sit there counting money all day, got to spend it somehow. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's my idea. If you're going to drink... Drink responsibly, and the way you can drink responsibly is to drink at home. So there's no DUI. If you have to stumble, you're stumbling on the floor. You're gonna pass out. You're gonna pass out on the floor. There are no reporters. There is. There's no. There aren't any police that can arrest you. But if you're going to drink, not saying that I condone it. You know, I'm not a huge drinker. I'm not a drinker at all. But if you're going to do it, do it in the confinements of your home. So you can just kind of weed out all that negative uh, stuff. Which brings me to another point. <clears throat> Real talk, you're going to really dig this one. Now, Facebook just announced a new feature and the, uh, app that they want to use. Now, this app will allow them to listen to conversations via your phone. Now, they say, well, it's not harmless. We don't want to listen to your conversation. We want to gather information about the songs, the TV shows, yeah, and the right. movies that you listen to. Now, you can put your phone down and... Keep the volume on and we could get all the ambient noise, the, the songs, the movies or whatever. What, my thing is real talk. What's preventing them from listening to your conversation? That's a violation of privacy. And knowing is the fact that the NSA gave them what, you know, a, a, a lump sum of money. A lot of this doesn't sound right to me. I'll tell you what. I got this little book I always keep here on my desk in my back pocket as a constant reminder. It's called The Way to Happiness. And there's a precept, precept 11. It says, don't do not harm a person of goodwill. Who's the people of goodwill? The good American people. 
And, and this, the way it happened is written by an author named, by the name of L. Ron Hubbard. So I have this book, and I think I'm going to send it out to a couple of people, and I might have to send it to that group of guys out in Baltimore so they can keep it in their pocket to keep they their minds something. focused. They, they, they need something. But I'll let you talk about Facebook app that allows you to listen to my conversations. Really? Come on. Hey. Real talk, thing. here's the thing. As a nerdy guy, you understand all of this. It's Terminator. The <laughs> machines are taking over. They're going to listen to our conversations. They're going to find out our weaknesses. In about 10 years, we are going to be serving the machines. We got to be careful, Nick, or we as a civilization are doomed. Real talk. Well, real talk, spoiler alert, if you have not seen the X-Men movie, well, I'm sorry, but... I'm not going to talk about the movie, but I'm going to talk about the end of the movie. Last week on oh, the why show... Why this, Nick? I haven't seen the movie. Well, I'm not, I'm not talking about the movie itself. I'm talking about the end credits. Okay, okay. Right? Last week on the show, I said it anyway. Two years ago, I said it anyway. The end of the movie, guess who appears in the movie? <laughs> Apocalypse appears <laughs> in the freaking movie. I was just like, what? It was crazy. I was right. People were going crazy outside the theater, like, and one woman was like, well, I didn't really get it. Who was that? <laughs> and I said, well, let and me explain it to you. the face. You <laughs> no. I'm like, do you watch comics? Do you, did you watch the comic book series? Did you read the books? It is apocalypse. So to me, it was fantastic. It's going to set up the next movie. Once again, Justin, my three amigos, sorry, but the movie was fantastic. That still doesn't ruin the movie. Once again, I still think it's going to be the highest grossing movies, but maybe I'm a little premature because Transformers hasn't come out yet. So that is real talk. CX Men Future Past. That's just me. So I don't know what you want to say about Mario. I don't know when you're going to get a chance to go see it, but you have to go see it. Hopefully uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, hopefully sooner rather than later. Once again, I'd like to thank my three amigos. Justin, all the people in Phoenix on the boards making this show go as smooth as a can of oil. Also, I want to thank Mario Vitanza. You can find him at Mile High Mario. I am your host, Nick Ferguson. You can find me at Nick Ferguson underscore 25. Once again, as always, I want to thank the Church of Scientology for allowing me to use their facilities to film this show and record this show. Have a great weekend. Be safe. And remember, Apocalypse. They are far beyond you as you are beyond me. Take that and go. Thanks again for stopping by. Be sure to catch Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. in the West on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll share some more great stories next week. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics.